This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Peak Too Early, the greatest running podcast in the world. The podcast with three washed-up distance runners reminisce about the glory days and talk about what's happening in the world of distance running. I'm your host, Steve Gendron, and I'm joined by Mike Gendron, who's somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, the Olympic trial standards just dropped. It is official. Anybody can start qualifying for the 2020 Olympics. So here I am on today's podcast to officially announce my bid for the 2020 Olympics. Here we go. It starts today. I think the only, I saw that, Mike, and I think the only event I have a shot at might be the race walk. And even then it's pushing it. Yeah, we got to start grinding. We got to start grinding. All right, let's start walking, baby. And as always, at the House of Sav tonight, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Uh, I got to go, guys. I need to go rob a bank so I can put all the money I can find against the two of you qualifying for 2000. <laughs> Not enough money in the world. I can bet on it. But, boys, I am good. I want to give a big a big howdy, a, a roll tide, a, a South Rise Again call. Uh, I was just in North Carolina this weekend spreading the word about the podcast. So, you know, big old howdy to our new, uh, our good Southern folk listening in and, and all those grits and crap they eat. So wel- welcome aboard the South. I'm sure the people from North Carolina will not appreciate the roll tide thrown in there. But uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah, once you're below, once you're at the Mason Dixon line, it's all the same stuff. <laughs> oh, boys. How about them ponies yesterday? How about the, uh, the, the Kentucky Derby with a little bit of controversy spread? You know, that was a that was that was a pretty, pretty interesting moment where you had a one horse lead wire to wire. And then there is a disqualification that I don't even understand. I I mean, I don't really understand it either. Um, Well, Trent, why don't you go first? Because I want to hear what your take is so I can disagree with you. (laughs) Um, I don't don't know what to think. Like, I don't understand running with horses. I barely understand (laughs) running. (laughs) <laughs> now i have to like figure out all these rules or horses like one, one horse won and the other horse didn't and the other horse won um but i mean if, if they overturned it and and the jockeys like all said that the first horse threw him off then i guess i'm okay with it like but do you even care do you even care who wins the derby it's really just about gambling and drinking and and being outside in the mud and rolling around so it's kind of has like a nice spot where there's this crazy finish but I don't think anyone cares. It doesn't matter. It well, obviously, Trent awesome. didn't have any money on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think a lot of people care, Trent. I, yeah, as long as you didn't bet on that horse. Let's say you bet on any other horse or you didn't have those two in it. It's like still like the weekend is unaffected for me because I don't give a, a two shits about who actually won the derby. Yeah, so... I think the common take for most people right now is that like it was terrible for the sport and all this and you know people don't understand the rules and people are just getting all worked up into it. I love it. I the drama of it was so awesome. The fact that you had a horse and that ended up coming in second, 
another horse gets disqualified. Then you have a horse that's 65 to 1 odds that wins the thing. So there's people who bet on one guys who thought they won, and then all of a sudden they're tore down. And then you have other people who bet on the second place. Then you had an extra five minutes of that like anxious feeling, like, oh my God, am I about to win this? Am I about to win this? And then all of a sudden it gets overturned. You just won a 65 to 1 bet. I wish to God that I had money on that because that would have been the most electric moment in gambling sports history. It was... I don't, I don't care about enough about horse racing to get all into the nitty gritty and like, should it have been a dis- like, who cares about all that? The drama was fantastic. I loved it. And anytime you can see like a one of a kind thing, I can't remember anything specific that happened in the last like five Kentucky derbies, but I guarantee you in five years from now, I'll be like, can you remember that time that the horse got disqualified? Like, I love being able to have a storyline to it. So it was awesome. Do you remember it was, I think it was three years ago now when, um, the Oscars announced yes. La La Land as the best picture, but then they then they they came back on stage and they said uh, we made a mistake. Moonlight won. Well, guess what? I bet on Moonlight. That was one of <laughs> that was one of the greatest <laughs> moments ever. I, because like I I don't know I was just kind of messing around. I threw five bucks on on Moonlight to win best picture. I think it was like plus 700 odds or something like that and i'm sitting there just no other reason would i ever watch the oscars and i'm watching best picture and i'm like oh you know it is what it is you know they just you know lost lost a couple bucks and then they come back on stage and they said moonlight and that was that was one of the hardest i've ever celebrated yeah all i could think about was that oscars uh, (laughs) like the the disappointment by some and the, the euphoria out of others um but i think mike you said my like what i thought just more elegantly like it's just I don't care who wins. Like, you don't care who wins the Oscars. It's just great to, like, have any kind of cool storyline with it. Yeah, and unless you're Trent, who actually thinks that you're gambling to, you know, make a business out of it, people are gambling to get that moment of anxiety and that moment of, you know, just crazy euphoria. And so even if you won that race and the whole drama that led to it and then you end up getting your horse disqualified, there's still something to be said about you get to be that guy for the next week who tells the story about how you lost your bet because your horse got disqualified. Like there's no gambler who doesn't love being able to go around telling people how they lost their like bad bet, you know, or their bad beat. You know what I mean? So at least they still have that. Yeah. Bad beat, bad beat stories kind of make it kind of make it worth it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of controversy, Ooh, boy, there was a marathon last week. It was the, um, uh, the Mercy Health Glass City Marathon, which I believe is in Ohio. I think it's in Toledo, Ohio. Anyways, we have some major controversy. This is this is this is kind of all been all over the place. I first spotted this article on Barstool. This is if you're counting guys, this is the third week in a row where we've had a running related article on Barstool Sports, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But anyways, there's this girl coming in for the finish of her of a marathon win. She's on, she's running, let's see, she ran a 252, and uh, it looks as if there was some, I, I, I'm going to have to, I gotta, I, we got to figure out like what was happening here, but um, there was, they were funneling some finishers, the male finishers off to one side of the finish line, and then the winner of the female race to the other side of the finish line, and as the female finisher is coming in, they spread the tape out of half the finish line, you know, at the end of the alley they created for her. And this guy runs through the tape like he won the race. And the girl's <laughs> like right behind him. She's like a couple steps right behind him. And she crosses the finish line. If you watch the video, as the guy breaks the tape right before her, she yells, what the 
fuck. She's just <laughs> yeah. pissed off. She's so mad. She, you know, she probably trained her ass off, you know, was dreaming of breaking the tape at a, at a marathon, you know, for the first time in her life. And this guy just comes and blasts <laughs> through the tape. Um, I have a lot of thoughts here, a lot of takes, but uh, let's hear what you guys have to say first. So I guess my first thought would be, it would be one thing if the guy like played it up and like threw his arms up as he came across the tape. But the guy knew that he wasn't winning the men's race, right? He was in like 32nd place and he came around and he looked like disappointed with his race. And he kind of just like begrudgingly like strolled through the tape. So it was first of all, like he didn't even play it up. And I, I just, I don't know what kind of person you have to be to take away someone's moment like that. Like the girl was running 252. Like that was, that's a pretty fast time and just completely stole her moment. I would kill. I've never gotten to break tape in my life. Like that would, that seems like the coolest experience ever. I, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be some kind of penalty. I think maybe after we all give our takes, we can kind of brainstorm some penalties here, but I just, I, my mind was blown watching. It's like, how, how could this guy just think that that was okay? Like do whatever you can to spin it out of the way or like, Go, oh, under, go under the tape like anything, but break the poor woman's tape who's two steps behind you. I'm, let me stop you right there because I think we're gonna come at this from an angle where uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come at this from an angle where I don't think you guys are expecting. I wanted to hear what you have to say about it. So I've been at the finish line of a marathon. I've run across the finish line of the marathon in D.C. at the Marine Corps Marathon a couple years ago when I crossed the finish line. I didn't know what planet I was on, never mind what side of the street I was on. Okay, this guy just ran a 250 marathon, right? And by looks at the pictures, he's he doesn't look like a marathon. He looks like a bigger, like relatively built guy. I promise you, this guy was in a ton of pain after running 26.2 miles, and the guy just didn't know where he was. I, I think we have to put a little bit more, you know, of the blame on the race and the, and the directing mm -hmm. of it. And like, how don't you get that guy over to the other side of the road? Like to me, like, I don't know, like he, he crosses the finish line and he's just like, there's tape there. And he, he, you're right. He doesn't build it up because I don't think he was like expecting. I don't think he knows what the hell's going on. Yeah. I, I totally agree. When I heard this and, and like was singing my take on this, I just wanted to crap on everybody involved, the race organizer for letting <laughs> this guy get in the wrong path. How does that possibly happen? The guy is Stevie make a point. He's in a you know, like Looney Tune world. He's tired. He's exhausted. But like, figure it out, dude. You, you're not going on that side. Follow everybody else on one side. And then the chick needs to calm down a little bit. Like, Steve, what was the name of this marathon? It was the uh, <laughs> Mercy Health Glass City Marathon. Oh, exactly. give me a break. No, no, no. She has every she right to be. She, yeah. That's the only part of this. That's the only part of this video story that I understand is her reaction. I would be losing my mind. That's the only that's the only part that I can fully understand. I mean, so I'm watching the video and, and the video isn't long enough to see like where like he started running on the other side of the street. If he didn't get like so there's like a cones, it looks like they're finishing on a turf football field and there's cones like splitting the, you know, splitting the finish in half, right? If he was instructed or if he ran down that side of the street the entire way through the finishing shoot and he never got directed onto the other side of the street, it's not this guy's problem. It's not this guy's problem. It's not his mm -hmm. fault. But if he jumped onto that side of the street right before the, the, the tape, right before he crosses the finish line, then yes, he's the biggest villain in America. But 
I think we need more of the video. We need to understand what happened here because this could just be a complete and total breakdown on the race management part. Trent, your take that it's this girl's fault at all, or not her fault, but, not, no, okay, not her fault, but her reaction was poor, is because she didn't even overreact that much. She, like, had one, like, blurted out, like, one cuss and then, like, put her head down and whatever. That was it. I don't care if it's the Good Times 5K in downtown Lowell and 40 people show up. If somebody steals my tape, you deserve to be punched right in the face. She, I wish her reaction was stronger. I wish she tried to, like, fight the guy at the finish line. I can't believe that that is your take. That is a horrible take. If she was so fired up about this guy potentially breaking her tape, she should have outkicked him. She should have gone in a little bit harder. She had to at the end to yell that. I don't think that she realized that this guy was about to break her tape. I don't think that could occur to anybody until it actually happens. I don't care if he's still one step away. I don't think that she's thinking, oh, he's about to break my tape like a crazy person. And the other thing is, too, Steve, I get all of that and all the, everything you're saying makes sense to me. But this isn't some, like, big, long tape that goes across, like, a eight-lane track. It was, like, a five-foot tape. It, it could be avoided, even if you're streamlining into that tape for an entire mile and no one says anything to you when you get to it and it's like you know an arm's length of tape you can avoid that tape like come on give me a break you can get around that oh uh, i just keep, i just keep figure it out i just keep thinking about when i cross the finish line at marine corps and like how much my body was giving out and how little sense i was making like i was saying stuff to the marines that i'm positive made no sense because they have Marines staffing the, the finish line area. I'm positive it made absolutely zero sense. I mean, they were like, they were trying to get me to go to the medical tent and I kept like yelling at them like, no, I don't want to pay for the ambulance. They're like, no, you don't need to go in an ambulance. Just go to the medical tent, get checked out. And then, so, and I was like, no, no, I'm not going. I'm not going just cause I was delusional. Right. And uh, they're like, all right, we'll let you get off this stretcher. If you can walk down to the end of the shoot. So I walked down to the end of the shoot. And there was a tree right there, and I was in so much pain. I should have just gone to the medical tent and gotten an IV or something. But I jumped behind the tree, and I lay down. And one of the Marine comes walking over, and he does his, you know, military Marine talk. And he's go, he's like, sir, he's like, he's like, either go to the medical tent or you need to exit, you know, the, 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 uh, the finisher area, diagonal left. Right? Very, very military talk, right? And so I get up. I take three steps and I just jump behind another tree and lay down and he comes over to me and he like kicks my foot and he's like, dude, you got to get out of here. <laughs> just completely changes his tone. Like he was in like his big, you know, you know, Marine speak, you know, in front of everybody. And then he comes over to me, just decides to level with me. He's like, he's like, guy, he's like, you can't be here. You got to go. <laughs> and so I got up and I walked out of the finishers village. But I mean, I think back to like crossing the finish line and like, I could definitely see myself doing this. And not because I want to break the tape, just because I don't know where the hell I am. Trent, how, how badly, like how awesome would it be if this it was Steve in this scenario who was delirious? <laughs> and, but, and then we got to just sit here and watch the entire internet and the entire world just roast him for the next like week <laughs> after he stole someone's race. I know, it would be the greatest day of my life. My takes would be a little bit different if it was Steve. <laughs> oh, it would be, mine would be still, mine would probably be more extreme, but very yeah. similar take. Steve, you sound like the the kid uh, like in college who's just like too drunk, and you have the nice RA who's like, "Dude, I get a transport you. Like, you really got to go." Like, no, I can't afford it, and you're like hurling on yourself, so you're like stumbled to like, you know, the quad and then somewhere else. Um, 
Trent, but, it sounds like you have a lot of experience with that. I, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. I was a nice guy helping others out that hadn't been in that situation. Um, I was going to say, though, did you guys see that they recreated the tape cross? Yeah, I did see that. And that was like, I guess I would recreate it if I was a part of it. But this made me not like the girl even more that she was like retweeting it. Oh. And, like she was taking a dig at the other guy. Like, let it go, dude. Let let it go. The guy made like probably a mistake, like a little bit out of it, like a dumb mistake. But don't don't be retweeting the recreation of it. Trent, if I was about to win a marathon and this happened to me, you would ne- never hear the end of it. I would never stop talking about it. I bring it up in every single conversation <laughs> I have for the rest of my life. I actually have a, I, so I have a, I have another story about another race I ran. We're just going to cha- cha- change the name of the podcast to Steve's Race Stories. But I ran, uh, I think this was like uh, 2013, 2014, and I ran the uh, uh, Boston Run to Remember. And it's, it's oh, yeah. awesome for, for like the, the Boston Police Department. They do a half marathon and a five miler. Um, I think they do it, at, I think it's coming up. I think they do it like around Memorial Day. Very, very cool race. They shut awesome. down downtown boston the race weaves through downtown boston it's very cool race and i ran the five miler and i i had a great day i was in such good shape i won it by like a minute right and i'm coming across the finish line and they have and it's big setup you know underneath you know out in the seaport like it's very very cool finish and they have an announcer there and they go oh looks like we have a rosie ruiz as i'm crossing the finish line like accusing me as uh, of cheating as I'm crossing the finish line. And I crossed the finish line. I turned the announcer. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Because I was pissed. I just, I just ran a great race. I am. I'm like in all my, there's a, there's a massive crowd there. Such a cool finish line. And I wanted to enjoy the moment. And that guy took it away from me. So what, what made him think you were Rosie Ruiz in there? He was just trying to be funny, but like the people in the crowd, like it was a joke that like didn't land. Everybody in the crowd thought I like cut the course or something. Yeah. So, Poorly done, poorly executed joke. But yeah, but that to my point, it's like you you just robbed this girl of like a, a moment of glory, like a like something that should have been like one of the coolest moments of her life. Yeah, you're anti this chick's takes are ridiculous. I can deal with Steve Steven's like decent rationale with his this guy might have been delayed or something like that. I don't agree with it, but I can at least deal with it. Your take that somehow this girl overreacted or acted poorly throughout this whole thing is just, I, I can't wrap my head around that trend. I just feel like her level of marathoning is at that sweet spot where she's not like a stud, but she's like obviously really good. So like, um, she should be able to handle this a little bit more gracefully. Like, like it's a dumb marathon out there. You won in two fifty two. It's not that good of a marathon, obviously like, like calm down. The guy, I don't know. Trent, that's, that's what makes it so, that's what makes it, I think important that she should be able to have that moment because yeah, I guess at like the Boston marathon, she's not going to win, but this is the type of race that she can win, right? This is one of the opportunities. It's a good enough marathon that a 252 does win because that's a fast marathon. for. What are the trial standards? What are the U S trial standards? I think it's right around there. I think she may have qualified for the Olympic trials with that race. Probably right there. So, yeah, I mean, the fact When's that... When's the last time you qualified for the Olympic trials? Carry yourself like an Olympian. When's the last time you heard me <laughs> in a hissy fit because somebody got in front of my freaking... Oh, my God. I'd love... To, I would love to see how you would react if this happened to you. I would love to see it. I'd be bummed at myself for not outkicking the, <laughs> the person that, that kicked in front of me. Like, <laughs> if it was someone from the crowd or someone that hopped out, okay, I'd be a little more mad. But it was somebody like that she couldn't beat who was just better than her. Oh, <laughs> 
miserable take. Miserable take. You, you, you're banned from talking about any, anything like this in the future. So, um, anyway, so guys, I am I am in deep with with beer mile training, kind of you know trying to understand the science behind it and like what you need to do. So the other day I was doing my core mile repeats, came in, you know, had to do my twelve ounce repeats. That's just it's just training, you know. What I mean, like you got to do what you got to do. Um, but uh, you know, so I am running the Bond Brothers Beer Mile in. So we're got, we're getting down to about two and a half weeks from now, and I'm feeling good, you know, feeling pretty good about my training. But uh, you know, we've we've uh, we've been talking a little bit about maybe doing some beer mile stuff as a as a peak too early podcast. You know, we have some goals that we put out there for ourselves, but um, there's some pretty intense beer mile records out there. Mike, what's the current world record in the beer mile? Yeah, so it's currently four minutes and thirty three seconds. Is this guy uh, Corey Bellamore? He's from Canada. He actually ran like a 424 at the World Championship last year, but they're pretty strict on. So it's this beermile.com is, you know, they hold all of the standards and all of like the records for the beer mile. And they determined after watching the video that one of his beers had like two ounces of beer left in it when he finished. So they disqualified that world record it was like 424 so but he still holds the current one at 433 and he holds that by like 13 seconds so i mean this guy is just an absolute monster beast and then the woman's is lewis kent still second on the list uh he is third so then there's there's an american uh, chris robertson 446 is second and then lewis kent is right behind him at uh seven i've run against lewis kent before that was was beer mile or a normal mile beer mile Yeah, so it's it's a it's a pretty impressive sport. I mean, and this like database that beermile.com has, the fact that they have this all, you know, all in one place and have official records, unofficial records. I mean, because you also have to have a certain type of beer, be a certain percentage of beer. Like, so you can't use just any standard beer. They'll put it on their website and part of their records, but to get the green check mark, the approved beer mile time, you have to do it the right way. So it's pretty. Yeah, Barry Bonds asterisks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have all the confidence in the world that if I trained, I could, you know, crush those records easily. But <laughs> I cannot run a 430 mile right now or chug four beers in four minutes and 30 seconds. Like, that is that is outrageous. And, and for those listening that don't know what a beer mile is, you have to chug a beer, run a quarter mile, chug a beer, run a quarter mile, chug a beer, run a quarter mile, chug a beer, run a quarter mile again. So you have to chug a beer four times in the midst of running a sub five minute mile. So, you know, yeah, it sounds like crazy. And it sounds like just like a bunch of idiots going out drinking beer and running a race. But this is actually a very impressive athletic accomplishment to be able to do that. Because, I mean, running, you have to have the running down. You got to be, you have to be a fast runner. And then from there, it just goes down to like, how fast can you chug? How does your body handle the beer once you chug and then you start trying to get back on a sub five minute pace? Like it is actually very impressive what these guys are doing. Yeah. And I, I mean, 433, I'm not even confident I could drink four beers in four minutes and 33 seconds at this point. So I got to start working that up. But uh, yeah, I think you, if you watch the clips and the videos that these guys do in this race, it's like they'll be running full speed, like doing like 65 second or faster laps they stop for a second take it looks like they do it in one motion lift their beer drop it and just continue running it's almost as if they never stop 
running the race. It's in, it's it's insane. See these people like they open up their like their their throat somehow and it just goes straight back. It's not <laughs> yeah. even, like, opening it. It's it's incredible. Um, what are the rules on? Can it be in a can? Can it be in a cup? Like what does the World Beer Mile Record dot com whatever say about that? It I think, needs to be out of a can or bottle for an official world record. Yes. So yeah. how, to chug a beer that fast, right, with the can, like, uh, and you're not shotgunning or something, is just just the airflow going in there. Like, the science here, this is this is crazy. I so know. So everybody there, so I, I this one thing I talked to Lewis Ken about, that it's way faster if you do it right to chug out of a bottle than a can. So that's what that's common knowledge. That's like the common thought amongst the the beer milers that if you do it right, you can chug way faster out of a bottle. Now, I was talking to a couple of my friends the other day that not necessarily runners, but they're drinkers. They're drinkers (laughs) for sure. And he was telling me one of them was saying that um, that's actually very debated, the bottle versus the can chugging. And he was showing me. So he took a can and he was showing me. He said, if you indent the top. So if you grab the can and you indent the top so it flows out a certain way, he's saying you can do it way faster out of the can than the bottle. That's so, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting because if you all of like the championship beer milers, they all every single one of them uses bottles. So Yeah. I mean so it he seems was, like common me, practice. He's like he's like if you take the can, so it's cracked open and you like right underneath the mouth of the can, he's like push it in. So the so it's like creates a bump where the beer flows up and then like down through the mouth. He was like it, it was pretty intense discussion, but he's convinced <laughs> like that it. you can get an advantage by chugging out of a can, you know, over over a beer. So a bottle of Miller Lite and a can of Miller Lite that they can demonstrate like on the podcast. We can run a scientific peak too early experiment right now. I don't know if I'm the best place to do that right now, Trent. <laughs> and I, and I, also, I don't have separate cans or bottles. So that, tough to do. Next week. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Do you remember when Miller Lite used to have those punch tops on the yeah. cans? First of all, why did they ever get rid of those? Those are the best. I don't like what was the theory on getting rid of them? Everybody loved them. But if we could find a way to just like sneak those in and nobody knows and you just quickly punch it, get a little extra couple seconds on your beer without anybody noticing, could be uh... So, do you remember the Vortex bottles? Oh. Yeah. So it spins a beer. And so that's the other thing he was telling me. He's like, he's like, if you can do it without foaming. He, so this guy I was talking to the other day, who knows a ton about beer, obviously. Literally, he's he like a little bit too much about drinking he knows, beer. He knows way too much about beer. It, it, I'll tell you a funny story about him in a second. Um, but um, He said, if you can get like a little bit of a spin to the beer, like right before you turn it upside down, he said you can get an advantage of the beer coming out of the bottle that way. But um, yeah, no, he, he's, he's a funny guy. He's, he's a very, very into beer. He's a beer snob. He's a self-proclaimed beer snob. And I was talking to him and he, I'm not, I don't really like the sours, the sour beers that much. Um, but he had this really fancy one and he had me try it. And I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big sour beer guy, but I, I like this. This is pretty good. He goes, well, actually it's not, it's not a sour. It's actually a tart. And from across the room, his wife is hilarious. His wife just goes, Hey, Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> guy, his wife, they have, they have a, they have a, they have a funny relationship. Right. But it, it was just like, it was just like his wife was like, nobody cares about your beer snobbery enough. <laughs> so gentlemen, I want to go over a, uh, a couple beer mile records. So these aren't, like I said, they're not official records. Um, 
you have to have, well, so some of them are, but some of them aren't. You have to have the green check mark, right? So the first one I want to tackle is the Massachusetts record. So we're all from Massachusetts, right? And uh, there's an opportunity there. The Massachusetts record is five minutes and 40 seconds. So the caveat to that is that it has to be run in the state of Massachusetts. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's the state you run it in is where it registers. So I'm probably not going to be able to go after 540 beer mile. But do you think one of us could try and break that record? If we could get that little green check mark and have a state record, that'd be pretty sweet. My goal, my goal in a couple of weeks down in North Carolina is a sub six. So that's my goal. Now, it, it, there there, you know, are some advantages, you know, it's, it's out of cups, so it's not an official one. Um, and you know, the, I think the distance might be a little disputed. It's not on a, it's not on a track. So there might be some, some things there where it's not official, but that might be a nice stepping stone. If I get a sub six there, I'm ready to crush the Massachusetts record. If I can't break 540 in the beer mile, by the end of the <laughs> summer, then I don't know what I'm doing. I shouldn't even be on this podcast. Like that's, I, I, I firmly believe that that is within my grasp, um, for sure. So now, now that we're done with the marathon, we've kind of moved on. Are we going to just, should we just completely turn our efforts to beer mile records and PRs at this point for the next few months? Should that be our main focus for right now? It's the summer of the beer mile. I'm summer down. of the beer mile. All right. So to that point, the next record that I want to bring up is a very, very important record to us. And this is an unofficial record because it's not a, uh, a, a beer mile approved beer, I guess, but it's still on the website. It still has the top performances from this. And this is a record that we can most certainly get. And I want by the end of the summer for the top three names on this list to be the three of us on this podcast. And that is the Miller Lite beer mile record. Six minutes and 47 seconds. Oh, Ricky, man. Ricky Britton, this chump, is about to get his record stomped on three times over. Oh, I there's... Think I think There's that's nothing like, I want more right now. Yeah, yeah, that's my number one goal over the summer is to break that record. Can we track down some uh, Vortex bottles and punch shots? <laughs> like, I don't know where you find those, but I want to break mine. We should have with three different can types, the three of us. Like <laughs> yeah. Vortex, the punch top, the bottle, and just take them all. Well, I don't know, Trent. Those might be kind of old at this point. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. guys are good at drinking old. Um, yeah, man. No, that's something that we absolutely need to make happen. So let's let's uh, you know, let's at, at some point in the next couple of weeks, let's pick a date sometime towards the end of the summer. And we're going to go after this. We're going to have the top three names on that on that Miller Lite record for sure. My, um, uh, my last thoughts on the beer mile. I just want to hit on these before we left. Like my two favorite things thing about this were Massachusetts. Where are we going to do it? Uh, the best part about the beer mile is doing it at like a middle school track or something. <laughs> yeah, people you're not supposed to be at, and how people are like chugging beers and like throwing them down just on like you know <laughs> elementary school or something like that. And then you have people who end up like inevitably hurling all over the place. <laughs> so uh, they got to do that extra lap, drink that extra beer. So I'm already getting so excited for that. It's like the three of us sneaking on to you know, wherever the, the Malden high school track on a <laughs> Sunday morning at like 9am and crushing Miller lights and doing laps. So I can't wait. I'm excited. I need to train for sure, but records are coming down. Do you think yeah. your alma mater might be able to sanction this? And like, we could do it like, you know, without having to sneak onto a uh, public high school. You talking, you talking Stonehill college? Yeah. 
I will tell you what, they will absolutely not sing. <laughs> what would uh, what would uh, what would Karen Bowen sound like if you uh, if you uh, if you propose this idea to our chat? What the fuck, guys? <laughs> I thought she was in the room for a second. That, that was her. Wait, let me do my impersonation now. <laughs> oh man! All right, so that's what we're doing, and. Uh, I don't know, guys. I think we should uh, we should get some of the top beer milers on this podcast to to discuss and maybe give us some tips. What do you think? I would love that. I let's think get, that needs to happen. Let's get the yeah. top two as well as the current Massachusetts State record holder and the Miller Lite record holder, just so we can just talk shit with them and, and just tell them how much we're going to take their records down by. All right. <laughs> you know what, Steve? Well, we shouldn't we shouldn't talk too much shit to the uh, to the actual like legit beer milers because they might just go out and and like you know, do the Miller Lite record just to spite us. So we need to, we need to be on their good side. We did not bring up the Miller Lite record. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Steve? I think you bring up a good point. I'm going to start grinding. It's a bit of a long shot because, you know, one guy's from Canada and one guy's some random USA guy I've never even heard of. But I'll start grinding. I'll start seeing if I can put in the work. And who knows? Maybe one day we'll be able to get these boys on the podcast. We can talk a little beer mile, pick their brain. It'll be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like fun. Um. So let's let's move on to the next topic here. So another another big news story, guys. The thing that you know we've lucked out with the start of this podcast because it seems like every week we go to record, we have plenty of material to talk about. There's tons of big running news out there. The past couple of months which has been huge for us. But did you guys see this Texas team that mm-hmm. ran uh, Texas high schooler that ran the hundred meters in nine point nine eight seconds? Let's see. His name is Matthew Bowling. From uh, from Texas, he ran it at Houston uh, Jesuit. Um, so a blazing fast hundred meters, sub ten second hundred meters from a high schooler down in Texas. What do you guys think, Trent? What do you think? I think damn, that's fast. I mean, what, what else can you say? That was those are things that just feel like fabled fabled numbers, right? Uh, I don't really understand the sprint records as much as I do like a four minute miler or like a I don't know, like a 13 minute 5k or something like that, but um, nobody does. It was unbreakable. Um, so the fact that he did it, and people tell me it's really fast, and I watched it, and it looked really fast. So I'm very impressed. I think he could probably beat me in a race, which says a lot. <laughs> so I, uh, I kind of made a vow when we started this podcast that I didn't want to talk high school sports. I didn't want to talk like high school distance running and stuff like that because people get all caught up in that and it's kind of weird and there's just so many other levels to talk about and you can't really tell how good a runner is. Yeah, we don't want to be diced at. Exactly. But obviously this is damn impressive and a huge thing. It's a national record. It's 100 meters. It's one of the glory events of track. So super, super cool. Guy's obviously a beast and it'll be fun to, you know, see him progress and once he does get to college, we can dive into more. But what I will say besides him being very fast, is if I have to hear one more time about how he is the next Usain Bolt, my head is going to freaking explode. Okay, first of all, 0.4 seconds in the 100-meter dash is an eternity. Second of all, every single time that somebody has a good athletic performance, it's like, oh, they're the next LeBron James. Oh, they're the next Tom Brady. Oh, they're the next Babe Ruth. It's like, 
why do we always have to why can't we just appreciate this kid is really good and really fast i don't know why every sports media or news station has to say that this kid is the next usain bolt he's not okay he's not he's really really good he's the national high school record holder but until he gets on olympic stage and starts even sniffing world record type times don't give me that he's the next usain bolt usain bolt is arguably the greatest athlete of our lifetimes i don't want to hear it so it I, I want to appreciate this this kid's unbelievable time, but everyone's ruining it for me. Yeah. No, I, I actually am on a very, very similar wavelength to you where it's like what this kid did, same, same, same thing. It's just unbelievably impressive. It's amazing. He's uh, you know, he's 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 one of the best high school runners to ever run. Um but the media is doing this kid a major, major disservice yeah. because they're saying, oh, less or a half a second off of Usain Bolt's world record time. Yeah, a half a second in the 100 meters is huge. That is yeah. such a big gap. Yeah, half a second. I mean, it comes down to to frac- like less than fractions of a second in the in the 100 meters. That that half a second is going to be a a long way for him to go if he ever gets there. So, like it's has been this very, very misleading media coverage where, you know, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot of places and they're just saying half a second off of Usain Bolt's time, half a second off of Usain Bolt, the greatest you know sprinter of all time. And it's just like the the average person doesn't understand what that means. You know, obviously we get that a half a second, while very impressive, is still a long way to go to get to the world record time. Like for most people, they have no idea what that means. They think that you know, there's the next great runner, you know, next uh, next uh, gold medalist down in high school in Texas right now, which isn't fair to anybody. I don't get why you guys hate this kid so much and why <laughs> you're rooting for Jamaica to dominate American sprints forever. Like, let's go USA. How about that? Well, let's, let's get this kid on the roids and, and maybe he has a chance. Trent, I, I understand that you're, like, trying to trigger me right now. I understand. Like, I, I get what you're trying to do right now. So I know you're not being genuine. But if that's your actual take, then I I, I don't know what to say to you. Not my take. I'm more uh, – I'm really impressed with our pod, though, for talking. Like the like I mentioned earlier, we did the horse running, and now we're doing the sprint running. and uh, we <laughs> the, the horse running and the sprint yes. running? Are those, are those sports, Trent? Uh, yeah, that's what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see though? For real, uh, to defend the media, um, not that I want to defend them. Can I say? Because I agree with you guys. This is his first year, like running the hundred meter or something like that. So yes, a half a second is an eternity in it. But for a kid like that, like it's not just brute speed. He's got that. Now he's got to like take years to perfect his craft and get his form down. Um, it's pretty cool to have someone that fast this young because you got to think with like years and years he can like perfect that start and get off the blocks faster and, and you know control his body a little better. So. Yes, it's an eternity, but it's it's really exciting that he's this young doing it. Right. And, yeah, and, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Sure. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to like downplay this kid or like talk smack to this kid. That's not what I'm trying to do. And you bring up a good point, right? That's a, that's cool. I didn't know that this is his first year running. But I think the headline then should be, you know, high school senior breaks national hundred meter record in first yeah. year running, not High school senior is half a second off of Usain Bolt's record. It's it's a very slight difference in the wording, but it changes everything. Well, and I think the biggest thing here is that you know Usain Bolt's time, arguably 
one of the greatest athletic achievements of all time. Like, no, like that is, you know, he is just like, he's, he's just got a different build to him, a different approach to the sport. He did it in a way that nobody has ever done it. And a hundred meters is kind of like the most basic, the most like primal event there is, right? Like you, you know, we start here, you finish there. Let's see who's faster over this short distance. And, you know, the times that he has run and the consistency that he has done it with is, is one of the most impressive things ever in, in just in sports in general. Um, so to say like, to compare what this kid's doing to that is this, I have a problem with that. Not that I have a problem with this kid or what he's doing because what he did was very incredible. And, you know, I, I, I want him on Team USA for, you know, for a long time. You know, you know, hopefully we we have a shot at a, at a gold medal in the 100 meters in the not too distant future. So, yeah, I mean, if you go to, you know, downtown, name any town in the country, go there and pull 100 people and ask them, name me one professional runner. 100 out of 100 are going to say Usain Bolt, right? So it's the flashy, like, it's somebody relatable. It's really the only runner that I would say consistently people know who he is. So if you can drop his name in a headline, it's a big deal. But like you said, people don't realize how how big of a claim that they're making when they say that. So um, I'm just thinking about this now, and I've started thinking about, like, you know, who do we want to have on our podcast and, like, who's going to be like our white whale that we chase after to try to get on this podcast. I'm going to say it right now. Usain Bolt's our white whale. We got to get him on peak too early at some point. When we get, when we get Usain Bolt on this podcast, we know we've made it. You know what, Steve? We like half jokingly talked about getting Morgan McDonald on our racing team in like yeah. the very first episode where we had no idea where this podcast is going. We had, we do nothing. We just started like throwing out random claims. We just found out who this guy was and we're like, we're going to, we're going to get him in a SAV singlet. Next thing you know, a couple months later, he is on our podcast talking to the world with us. So it sounds crazy now that you're saying that, but who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. If we keep growing at the rate that we're growing, we keep, you know, getting the the level of athlete that we, you know, keep going exponentially, who knows who we'll get. Maybe we will get Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt might be, like, one of the coolest people on the face of the planet. The guy's just the man. Like, he's just, like, you know, this freak athlete with all this talent in the world. <laughs> he's got, he's got like, this unbelievable amount of swagger. He's just the coolest guy in the world. Dude, he's funny. With a signature, like, celebration. That's, yeah. That's the swag that we're talking about. It's like it's like if you if if you look at like you know uh, poses by an athlete or like signature like you know like you got the Jordan dunk right everybody knows the Jordan dunk um, you know the you got the you got like the tiger fist bump and then you got like the Usain Bolt like point like he's <laughs> he, like a track athlete is just like you know making these signature you know moments and signature poses guys just the man yeah agreeing. I think we need a party with Usain Bolt. Let's make that our way, Will. I would love to party yeah, with that so guy. It keeps, keeps getting yeah, more. These goals are, are what if we went down to Jamaica to to interview him, and then we just got to like hang out on the beach and party with Usain Bolt? I think that should be our goal. All right, let's just do it. That sounds great. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, guys, this is this is a lot of fun. Um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna call it an episode. We're reaching the hour mark. Um, Mike, what, uh, what do you have for our listeners? What do you want to leave our listeners with? 
So I uh, will leave our listeners with some nerdy running talk here. So a couple months ago, we had a guy, Yamif Kajelcha, I can't pronounce his name, but he broke the indoor mile record is what I'm getting at. This 21-year-old kid from Ethiopia, and he ran... 348 in the mile, breaking the indoor record a couple months ago. And I was thinking about it, and it's like, how long has it been since we've had, like, a, a very legitimate, like, let's track, like, the world record mile. Like, oh, man, there's a chance that the world record mile might be going down. Like, it's something for the next, like, three, four, however many years that we can follow. And, like, getting the mile back into the discussion, back into the news, back into, like, headline sports and, like, the countdown to breaking the mile record, it would be awesome if we can get that action going back. I think that would be huge for the, for the sport. So I think we got to get behind this kid and put all our eggs in this basket and let's try and get this mile record broken because that would be huge. So that's That would be my last point. I was thinking about it today, and I was like, man, that, how exciting would that be if we could bring that back to track? Yeah, yeah let's get him on the pod. Uh, going back to, I think it was episode, I think probably two or three, we were talking about how the mile has just become the biggest, you know, chicken shit um, event in our sport, but it should be like the coolest, most premier event in our sport where it's just, it's just a sit and kick where everybody just turns it into essentially like a 400 meter race. Like I want to see the mile back. I want to see people grinding it out from the gun to the finish line. So yeah, I'm down. Let's get behind this kid. Let's, uh, let's, let's make him, uh, let's make him a peak too early favorite. So Trent, what do you got for our listeners? What do you want to leave the people with today? For uh, for Boston Marathon, I, I went with a, a mustache, guys. And uh, I thought I looked great. <laughs> I obviously ran great. And I felt great. So then I kept it at work. And I got through two weddings in the last two weekends. <laughs> the craziest work week of my life. And this wedding last weekend, um, it was like meeting uh, my girlfriend's like friends for the first time. And I was like, I need to shave. I need to shave. Hell no. I'm keeping it. And I was just thinking like during this pod, as I, as I look at myself in my Skype video, I look so good and I can't <laughs> wait to just keep my mustache now. So I have an official announcement to make to the peak too early listeners. I am a mustache man from now until <laughs> I break the Miller Lite beer mile, at least top three records. So that is my vow to keep. <laughs> Should we all try? Should we all try to grow a mustache until we, until we break the record? Be like the Seinfeld episode, our vacation from ourselves. <laughs> I, I think we should. The the crazy uh, hair and beard works for our, our guest last week, Morgan McDonald. We need to have our own look. We know it's going to just make us faster. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, right, well. I'm supposed to get married in a month. We'll see how that <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. I'm not, I don't have anything. We discussed it all on the podcast. Um, but, anyways, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike. Hit me with the jokes. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love
Oh my goodness. My brain is fried tonight. I think that ended up coming out pretty good. I think it did too, but it was just like a mishmash of God knows what. I felt very unprepared. I was I making shit up as I went, but I think it, I think it'll come out surprisingly. That's like it was that twenty minutes. I couldn't believe you said it got to an hour. I was like, what yeah. are you gonna do for the rest of the fuck? Did I get <laughs> rabbit holes of these takes sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's like you once you get a take, you have to like completely. <laughs> There's no going back on it. I feel like like Stephen A. Smith or something. Wait, wait, wait. Three forty-eight. Oh man, my forty-eight. Isn't that what I said? No, you said you said you said four thirty-eight to start, but he ran he ran three forty-eight. Okay. All right. So the next interview you got coming up is.